You are listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White. And this episode is called Making Positivity a Habit. I want to talk to you about how this will totally transform your experience of daily life. If you listen to episode 67, the one prior to this, you'll know that we need to experience three positive emotions or more to counteract every one negative emotion that we feel on a daily basis. That's kind of the background for this episode and the crux of why making positivity a habit is so important. PhD researcher Barbara Fredrickson's work discusses this three-to-one ratio at length and she describes it as the tipping point between languishing and flourishing. So when you do experience three or more positive emotions for every negative emotion, then you're more likely to have a wonderful experience of life, to feel fulfilled and happy, and to have greater resilience to help us cope with difficult times. This fact on its own implies that it's totally worth making positivity a habit because then you're in the practice of constantly filling up your cup. You're maintaining a base level of resilience and happiness in your life so that you're better able to cope with life's inevitable curveballs. But I also want you to reflect on how much more important making positivity a habit is for some people. And it really depends on your current state of mind and well-being. It depends on how positive you are right now or whether you're a little bit behind the eight ball. So let's talk about that now. Your status quo, is it positive or negative? There are a few interesting facts I want to share with you. Neuroscientists say that negative thinking is our default thinking pattern. We're wired this way as a survival response because it helps us to stay safe. If we don't trust anything around us, if we're on alert for threats, then we're more likely to survive. But of course, we live in the modern world and we don't have so many of those life and death scenarios that our ancestors had to cope with. So what happens to us now in these modern times is that our brains find new micro threats every day and negativity everywhere, in headlines, in the media, in the people around us. We mind read, we think that person's thinking something terrible about me, I can tell by the way they're looking or they wrote this thing and I think that they mean that, or, oh no, look at this terrible news headline. So all of those things are around us. And the point is that when you focus on something, whether it's positive or negative, then you build and broaden that thing that you're focusing on. There's a little saying about the two wolves and the the evil one and the good one. And the one you feed is the one that survives and grows or something like that. But that really illustrates the point that The more negatively you think, the more negative you become. And conversely, the more positive you bring into your life, the more positive you become. Now, what's interesting is that in terms of this survival response that we have, the data suggests that around 70% of our unconscious thoughts are negative. That's our default thinking pattern. So 70% of what we think every day is intrinsically negative And also, 95% of what we think every day is unconscious and repeated from the day before. In other words, we get these negative thinking patterns or habits in our lives and we do them repeatedly without thinking about it. So it does take a bit of focus and energy to start changing things. 
On top of that, though, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever noticed that some people always seem to be upbeat and optimistic? They're always rolling with the punches and making the best of things. And then there are other people that you know that seem to just have one drama after another and they're always carrying on and stuck about something. Have you ever noticed that? That's another layer on top of our default wiring. We are all unique. Each one of us has a different level of tendency toward being more positive or more negative. When you look at one person's tendency to be either a pessimist or an optimist, to be negative or positive by default, then about half of that tendency is influenced by our genetics. So if your mum and dad are pessimistic, you're more likely to be so. That's half of your natural state is governed by those genetics. 30% of that tendency is influenced by your environment and 20% is the way that you manage your thoughts. So maybe you can't do much about your genetics, but you can definitely influence your environment and the way that you think. And that's half of what makes you pessimistic or optimistic. So for those of you who tend to be more negative or more stuck or more fearful or more anxious or stressed, then you might have more work to do in building positivity than those who are naturally that way. It might be more important for you to turn positivity into a habit. So I'm going to ask you to pause for a moment and, th- and reflect on yourself and to think about your status quo and how you're wired. I want to ask you some questions to help you think about this a bit more deeply. So here are some questions to figure out where you sit on the positive to negative spectrum. Firstly, and just off the top of your head, would you consider yourself to be a positive person or a negative person? Don't even think about it. Just say what first comes to mind. Positive or negative? In slightly different language, here's the next question. Do you consider yourself to be an optimist, a realist, or a pessimist? Here's the next question. Do you find yourself dwelling on the past, thinking about the present, or looking forward to the future? Do you often struggle with anxiety and stress or do you mostly feel calm and relaxed? And are you a she'll be right kind of person or a I'm stuck kind of person? You can probably figure out from those questions where you sit on the spectrum. Most people will probably be around about the middle and that's normal. Some of you might be more positive, forward-looking, future-focused, calm, optimistic, she'll be right. And some of you might be on the more negative side, a bit pessimistic, maybe prone to anxiety, and maybe thinking about your struggles and your stuckness more often than not. So maybe now you have a snapshot of your status quo, how you're wired or where you are right now in your life. And let's now talk about the things in your environment that could be affecting your state of mind. And remember that environment accounts for about 30% of your state, positive or negative. So let's look at environmental triggers or what I'm calling positivity robbers to see how they influence you right now. These are the things that you can change potentially. And the fact is that there are so many things in the world that can rob positivity, just as there are so many things that can build it. 
The thing is that we are exposed to these things in the course of our daily lives. And it gives further value to proactively developing some more positive thinking and doing habits. We want to counteract these negatives. So some examples of positivity robbers could include the stress of your daily commute in traffic, negative news headlines, engaging in conflicts with other people on social media or in social situations, poor food choices, unsafe behaviours or situations, difficult people, toxic relationships, negative self-talk or the inner critic, taking on too much responsibility, uh, and this is going to sound weird, but ugly or uninspiring surroundings. If you're stuck in a cubicle all day with grey walls and no flowers and no window, that's pretty uninspiring. So remembering that these influences account for about 30% of your state and that your environment can tip you into a negative emotion just by virtue of your exposure to it, then you can think about how you might want to change those things. You can use positivity as a secret weapon to counteract the constant onslaughts of these influences in your environment. Because maybe you can change many of these things, but maybe you can't change many of these things. Maybe you can't get around your daily commute, so you have to learn to make it more fun or think differently about it. Maybe you can't change your office cubicle or the, t the people that you're working with. You can definitely change the way you think about yourself, but you might not have much control about how much work you're given unless you change jobs. So there can be a lot of things that tie into those environmental triggers and you may wish to work on them, but at a more simpler level, we can look at thoughts because that really accounts for a lot of what's going on. Outside from these emotional, uh, sorry, environmental triggers, what we think accounts for 20% of our state. And we can work on that much easier sometimes than those other things. So let's go back to positivity as a recipe for building resilience. And that means getting unstuck quicker when the bad times do come. I want to give some examples of what's going on for some of my clients right now. I've got several clients who are going through some really major stuff in their lives in multiple areas of life. They've had a huge year, big things going on. And some of these people are more negative and some are more positive. So let's talk about what could happen in either of those cases. Let's start with the negative side of things. I know some people that despite getting qualified help are still stuck in negative thought loops. They're definitely acknowledging that things are difficult and they're getting help. It's okay to be feeling that way, but they're also saying things to themselves that might perpetuate negative thoughts and feelings, such as, oh, I always think negatively, or I can only see what's going wrong, or I can't stop thinking about the negatives. And I want to say that although that's how you might feel at the time, it isn't helpful to dwell on the fact that you're stuck and to play those statements over and over in your mind like a tape recorder. And that's because negative thinking, like anything else, can become a habit. Our brains love creating habits. So if you're saying things to yourself like, I'm no good or I'm hopeless or I'm always going to the negative, it can become 
an entrained thought pattern. And then you have to unlearn that at some point. So think about anything that comes across as self-critical, a negative label, or is really an all or nothing type of thinking pattern. It can do more harm in the long run than good. It's not a great habit to be in. Those sorts of thoughts reinforce the negative, but they also provide no instruction for how to resolve it. Let me say that again. That last part's really important. If you say negative things to yourself, even if they seem like facts, you don't have any instruction for how to resolve it. You're only saying where you are stuck. And if you're in this space right now, you might be thinking, yeah, but nothing feels right. I don't feel happy. What is there to say that's positive but believable? And I totally get that. I invite you to acknowledge that you might be struggling with something, but that you want to do something different. Rather than trying to use affirmations that you don't believe or that don't feel real, I'm going to invite you to say different things that will create the opening for the possibility of change, for the possibility of positivity. So you could be saying other things to yourself instead of saying, I always think negatively. You could say to yourself instead, yes, I feel this way right now, but I want to be different. Or I'd like to be more positive. Or I'm planning on doing things that feel more positive. Notice how those things are still a statement of fact. They're not promising unrealistic results but they're talking about what you can do rather than where you are stuck right now. All of this creates the foot in the door for more positive thought processes and habits. It changes the way your brain lights up in the physical world, physiologically that is. When you, your brain senses that possibility of change and that positivity, it becomes more open and willing to move forward. And that's why these statements that you say to yourself are so important. I've actually written a blog and there's a podcast on different ways to change your thought patterns. So you might like to check that out. I think it's episode two of this podcast, 10 Benefits of Changing Your Thinking Patterns, I think is the title. So if that's the negative person and what they're going through and they're stuck in that negative self-talk and not getting out of it, what happens to the people who are more on the positive side? Well, I'm thinking about someone else right now who has had massive changes for most of the year, huge things, but is surprisingly on top of everything. It's a huge difference from the other type of person. This person acknowledges that things have been tough, but their self-talk is positive. So subsequently, they're taking action, they're getting help, they're making plans, and they're being proactive. And what I notice is instead of dwelling on the situation or that feeling of helplessness, they're saying things like, I've learned so much this year, or I'm grateful for the help I'm getting. Those are the sorts of statements that they're using instead of saying, nothing's working, it's no good. And even speaking that out aloud, I feel that sensation in my body, the difference between those negative statements versus the positive when you are focusing on more neutral or positive statements or what you wish to achieve, 
what this creates is a sense of hope and optimism that you can move forward, that you can get unstuck quickly, and it helps you to not get bogged down in despair. These people who use this different thinking pattern as a habit are able to function normally and live their lives and be productive and be a good parent and get things done and feel happy despite the negative circumstances that they may not be able to control. So having compared the negative and the positive people and how it helps them to cope with life's challenges, let's talk about the positivity habit and what it really boils down to. At the heart of the matter, it's this. If you want to be more resilient and more positive, then you need to make positivity a habit. And what does that mean in the real world? Well, it means that you'll develop one or two regular practices like the ones that I mentioned in the last episode, number 67, and that you commit scheduled time to them each week, even when and especially when there's no crisis at hand. Positivity as a habit is something that you do all year round, just like eating well and exercise and getting a good night's sleep. Think of the the analogy of going to the gym, because this is something that most of you will be able to really tangibly relate to. If you're one of those people who tends to say things like, I always think negatively, or "I'm, I'm so stuck right now, It's the equivalent of sitting on the couch and saying, I'm not fit because I'm sitting on the couch. It might be a fact, but it isn't helping you change. You're stating what is, but it's not giving you a roadmap to get out of there. So realistically, you wouldn't be sitting on the couch saying, I'm not fit because I'm sitting on the couch. If you wanted to be fit or become more muscular or whatever, then you'd be saying something different like, I'm looking forward to going to the gym or I'll commit to one training session this week. And then you'll be going out and physically lifting the weights to build the muscle that you want. And of course, when you do build that muscle or when you do achieve that level of fitness, you can't just stop because you've got it all of a sudden. You need to maintain it with regular gym sessions, right? And it's exactly the same thing if you want to be more positive and resilient. But this time, instead of working out, you are working in. Making positivity a habit means that you're actively scheduling time for activities that will build any of the top 10 positive emotions. And here are a few examples in case you haven't listened to my previous episode of this podcast. Maybe one thing you could do is every night before bed or on weeknights before you go to sleep, you rewrite one negative thought from the day or one self-criticism into a more neutral or positive thought, such as, I want to build resilience or... I noticed my negative thoughts today and I would like to let them go. It doesn't have to be a positive, don't worry, be happy affirmation. It can be something that you want or intend to get. Another habit that you could develop as a means of building positivity could be walking in nature, say two or four or five mornings a week before work and really being present and mindful of your surroundings. Remember that just like your muscles, your brain needs to be trained to become stronger, more positive and more resilient. Your inner work is what makes positivity a habit. It is you taking action to do something repeatedly 
and in this case, thinking a certain way repeatedly or exposing yourself to positive influences repeatedly to make that shift. And when you do plug that new information into your brain, then you're instructing yourself to do and think something different and you will ultimately become the more positive and resilient person you wish to be. I have seen massive transformations in clients that I've worked with in a period of three to six months just by committing to a daily or most days practice of changing their thinking process. It's so huge, it's so powerful, and it's so simple. So just to summarise and wrap up what we've talked about today, we are wired to think negatively as a survival mechanism. But some of us, due to whatever situation, genetics, environment, or the way we think, are a bit behind the eight ball and we tend to be more negative than other people. Our goal is to feel three positive emotions each day for each negative that comes up. And what that means is, if we make positivity a habit by doing and saying certain things to ourselves, by working in, we're going to build the muscle of resilience. We're going to build positivity. And it's a year-round commitment to yourself so that when the chips are down, you can still rise above and manage to keep going. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do need any help with your thinking patterns and building positivity, you can get in touch on melanie at melaniejwhite.com. Send me an email and we can have a chat. I'm more than happy to give you a sample coaching session so that you can figure out what you need right now and I may be able to point you in the right direction. Thanks for listening. I look forward to seeing you soon and see you in the next episode.